0: welcome back into the shouts side podcast uh just me today uh let adam and matt have kind of a day off um they got some things going on so uh you guys are stuck with me today but uh hope you guys are having a great uh or had a great christmas and then you know happy holidays uh new year's eve is coming up so hopefully you guys got some plans to hang out with friends family uh etc but uh On today's tap, uh, we'll end up going through uh, just some current NBA news, um, get into the rookie ladder, who's leading um, amongst rookies this season. We'll look at the new NBA Power Rankings that NBA.com just uh, put out, uh, look at some of the top teams, maybe some some of the teams dropping as well. Uh, And then I'll also go into some of the notes on some of the games that I watched. Um, I watched two games... two days ago, I believe, uh, between the Raptors at Wizards, um, which was kind of a snoozer kind of game. Uh, And then I ended up watching uh, the game um, that was also at 6 o'clock that day between uh, the Sixers and the Magic. No one beat in that one, but that was a uh, solid game to watch. Uh, So I'll give you kind of some of the notes that I took on that game, uh, what I've seen from those four teams. And then we will uh, end up finishing the podcast off. But uh, starting off, I mean, most teams are about 30 games into the 82 game campaign. Uh, We're now starting to see, you know, some of these teams shaping out that have dealt with either, you know, injury ridden circumstances, gaps in lineups that need uh, to be fixed. And uh, also how lineups have have or haven't developed uh, through the schemes their coaching staffs have kind of placed them in. most notably, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, if you guys didn't know, Detroit Pistons uh, set the NBA record for most consecutive losses uh, after losing to the Nets, I believe, a couple days ago, and then now uh, blowing a 19 point lead at halftime to the Boston Celtics. Uh, their number is, I believe, I think they just set it with 28. So they're now at 28 straight losses. Um, they could pass the 76ers, who have. Uh, kinda, I think they have the most. Uh, I think they're well. They're tied with now with the Sixers at 28 games, so uh, they can pass them if they lose to the Toronto Raptors on the 30th. Um, who knows? I mean, we could celebrate a nice New Year's Eve, knowing that Detroit got their third win um, of the season. Or you know, probably we're talking about Detroit needing to prepare for a new season, um, which I mean. How things are going it's not looking great for detroit um the, the difference though is i mean they've been pretty healthy this year compared to last year um cade put up 41 9 and 5 in that loss against the nets uh just put up 31 6 and 9 with five stocks uh in that ot thriller um, t- r- record time loss to the celtics um just a day ago it's not on cade at all. I mean, cade is averaging 33 points, 6 rebounds, 7.4 assists in their last 5 games, but they can't seem to, you know, close down stretches and they've been, you know, in my eyes the worst second half team this season after, you know, strong starts in the first half, first quarter. They played really well against Boston. I thought um, you know, cade coming on strong to start that that game was a big part to show, you know, why uh kate is this franchise player for detroit even though they've gone through this long stretch of losing i thought he's been excellent uh he had i believe the first six maybe eight points um at least eight out of the first 10 points for detroit uh to start that first quarter and really got things started for detroit and like i said you know they got out to a 19 point lead at half and you know i had a buddy that you know i think the line was at plus a thousand so Betting odds, if you bet a dollar, you're making a thousand bucks if uh, on the money line if Detroit won. I think he bets, you know, I, I don't know what, I didn't ask him the specifics of how much he bet, but he had a feeling that maybe Detroit would uh, break this losing streak and uh, credit him. I mean, that would have been crazy if he would have, I mean, just think if you bet $5, you're winning $5,000. That's a good, that's a pretty penny to, to win on just one game. Um, but I mean, we, we've seen it down the stretch, you know, Detroit is, you know, not been able to close out on the defense end. And then also they're not getting quality shots. They were chucking up a bunch of threes, you know, late in that game. Um, Jaden Ivy was playing well, but I knew once it went to OT, um, first off, got to credit, uh, boy Bogdanovich for hitting that clutch, uh, put back, uh, to kind of save it to, you know. Push it into OT, but once it got to OT, I, I, I thought there was no chance of of Detroit getting this win, and you know it proved right. But you know part of the blame has to be on Coach Monty Williams. I mean, they paid him handsomely, and the other part is, of it is you know on the players for not playing up to the standards. Uh, there's no way a team with so much talent like Detroit has. You know, you mentioned off the players. I mean, you got Cade, Bojan Bogdanovic, who I just mentioned. Uh, Jalen Duran, who's who's been very impressive this year, Jaden Ivey finally playing some some larger minutes um, after you know he was kind of in the dog pen getting like 20 to 25 minutes a game, starting to play better. And then Asar Thompson, the rookie, he's probably been you know we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later in the rookie uh, rankings. Um, but I thought he's been playing pretty well all, all season long. And then you got players like Alec Burks, Big Stew. There, there's just no way this team shouldn't get a win every so often. I mean, you see it out of other teams, other poor teams in the NBA, like San Antonio, Washington, Portland, Charlotte, just to name a few. And they're not, I mean, they're they're not getting wins all the time, but at least they can say, you know, we've got like five, six, seven wins and they haven't gone on large losing streaks like Detroit is unfortunately going through. Now, we're probably going to see closer to the trade deadline, which, um, you know, we will have a trade deadline, not trade deadline, but we'll talk about some trades in our, in our next podcast. Hopefully, Matt or Adam or both of them can join uh, for that one. But we'll talk about, you know, some of the trades that, you know, Detroit might go through and some other teams might go through. Detroit will be one of those teams that probably will be sellers. Um, and it's probably either to get it be towards getting assets uh whether that comes in draft capital or comes with other young talent but i i think they need to get some veterans on this team i mean they got too many young players and you know you see that out of young teams where they struggle to find wins even in you know height even though like in high school and college like they were you know all these players were winning big games and uh, had good records, but once you get to the NBA, it's a different standard, and, uh, you know, hopefully Detroit can kind of get some veterans on this team to kind of right the ship, so to say, um, and kind of, you know, at least string along some wins so that this doesn't get too ugly, where they have a chance to be one of the worst teams in NBA history, which it's, I mean, it's kind of looking like it to this point, but, um Getting off off of Detroit, we'll talk about one other kind of negative news, and then I'll try to brighten it up as we uh, go through some of the NBA news. But uh, Aaron Gordon uh, will be away from the Nuggets in the meantime. Not sure how long he's going to be out. I know he has missed uh, the last two, three, four games, um, and it happened just. Be- I think it was just before Christmas, but. Um, he was, he was bitten by a dog that caused uh, lacerations to his hand and face. Uh, so it has to be pretty serious. So hopefully hopefully it's not too bad. But, it, I mean, the way that the article was read is, you know, this is something that might take some time for him to come back from, which, um, you know, I've kind of dealt with in, in my career, not basketball-wise, but in, in my job uh, dealing with uh, with dogs. So, yeah. Um, you know, hopefully Aaron Gordon can get you know back to you know just feeling like himself, and then uh, you know, NBA basketball second, obviously. So uh, hopefully he can come back and 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 get back with his team. But uh, uh, shout out to Aaron Gordon. Um, hopefully he's doing all right. Um, some good news. Uh, let's talk about just players of the week. Ja Morant, Joel Embiid, named players of the week last week. Ja averaged 28 points per game 5.7 rebounds and nine assists per game leading to the Grizzlies to a three in one week um also helping them get back in the west in in that conversation so uh we'll talk about them a little bit later in the pod and and kind of how they've kind of looked in the power rankings um but you know shout out to Ja and uh you know helping out Memphis kind of I mean he was looking rocky I think they had what six wins before he came back after his 25 game absence so it's good to have him back, uh, and I'm sure Memphis fans feel the same way. So uh, shout out to Ja for, for making his return and and showing why he's one of the top young players in this league. Now, I mean, the main thing is he's got to stay on the court. Uh, troubles off the court have really you know played a factor in his career this far. And uh, hopefully we don't have to talk about any more Ja Morant news uh, in that way. Joel Embiid. You know what is there to say about Joel Embiid? I mean, he's MVP last year. He's probably a top. He's probably the top MVP favorite this year to this point. Uh, he's averaged. I mean, he averaged point four, seven points per game, twelve rebounds, eight assists uh, this past week, leading the Sixers to a two and one uh, win loss record. Unfortunately, he is dealing with an injury right now. I, it doesn't look like it's that serious, but um, you know, Philly has to be kind of protective of their star, their superstar. So um, hopefully he can come back and, and help out the Sixers. They have uh, been able to rattle off some wins without him, but uh, it, it just doesn't look like the same team. And there's a lot more that Tyrese Maxey has to shoulder, as, as well as other players like Tobias Harris, who's getting paid a lot of money, and also players like Kelly Oubre and DeAnthony Melton. Um, and then you need other players to step up, like Paul Reed, who's been playing pretty well for a backup center i'd have to say so those are your two uh players of the week uh shout out to those guys another news luka Doncic joins the ten thousand career Cl- points club after a huge 50 point 14 assist game against his sons and a comeback win that game was kind of i mean i watched it on christmas day it was it was a tough tough game to watch if you're a sons fan i mean kevin durant didn't play his best game. He kind of looked a little lackadaisical. Um, wasn't himself. Uh, we saw some altercations between him and, and Devin Booker and some of his other teammates. There has been some recent news, I believe, with um, some of the media media members saying that Kevin Durant maybe might be unhappy. Uh, in phoenix that's not great news if you're phoenix suns fans because uh you're finally getting bradley booker or bradley beal back this friday uh, as this podcast comes out tomorrow or or today it's it'll be uh yesterday will be his first game back in in about two weeks so um you know maybe that can help out some of the load that kd and, and booker have had to play but They've also had some other players step up. I mean, Nurkage has been relatively healthy all season long. I, I think he's been a, a solid center for them. Um, you know, players like Grayson Allen, um, players like Eric Gordon, who could fit on any team in the NBA and, and be a solid role player. Um, they have pieces, but as, as we go into the next podcast, I mean, there's not a lot they can trade for. I mean, they don't have... They got three max players, and then a bunch of players that get paid minimum, you know, minimum pay. So like, it's gonna be tough to find a team that's gonna wanna give a young player, and they don't have assets when it comes to draft capital. So I just don't see how this team's gonna, gonna get any better um, unless they trade like a, you know, like a Bradley Beal or a Yusuf Nurkic, but. I mean, we haven't seen anything from Bradley Beal, so I don't know who's going to want to trade for his max contract. And you also haven't seen these three play more than, I think they've only played one game together. So kind of like the Timberwolves last year, I think you kind of have to wait and see how this team kind of gels with the big three on that team. Um, but going back to Luca, I, I know I kind of went on a tangent there about the about the Suns, but the stuff Luka's been doing lately is uh, definitely MVP worthy. Uh I'd I'd probably put him, you know, in that top three MVP ladder candidacy. You know, he's even without Kyrie, which, you know, is a big loss because you need uh, Kyrie's, you know, facilitating uh, more than just facilitating, but just his playmaking uh, to be that second guard that can kind of take some of the load off of Luka. Um, We know what Kyrie can do and, and what he adds to this Dallas Mavericks team, but Luka's been doing it pretty much on on his own i mean he's had help from players like tim hardaway jr you've gotten like a resurgence from dante axum um Jaden hardy maybe hasn't been what you would like him to be from his young career but he's still added some points every now and then and then you got Derek lively who's been a great rookie for them um i just love what luke has done to try to get his players uh involved in the offense and you know that translates to the to the defensive end as well so um, Luca has been, I'm shocked that they're kind of bringing this team. I'm shocked. This team's above, like, I believe they're fourth. No, fifth, fifth in the West, sixth in the West, 18 and 14. They are on a two game losing streak, but that's also cause they just played Minnesota without Luca who sat out, um, probably due to rest. Um, but, I mean six and three in the last week without kyrie pretty much all those games um to be four games above 500 uh it's pretty solid in the western conference which as we've if you go through the entire um western conference you can just tell that uh come january february and even march as we get into playoff time but uh, eastern conference is kind of a little bit more locked up with those top teams compared to the west so you got to credit Luca for being able to hold Dallas in this, um, and hopefully it doesn't, you know, get worse. I, I don't see it getting worse because I could see this team making some changes to add some talent, most notably like on the defensive end, and then also finding some shooters, and also probably a big man because um, I don't know if I would trust Derek Lively, even though he's been playing really well, to be my starting, you know, center going into the postseason. Um, he'd, he'd have to really show be something else uh, offensively, more than just getting alley oops from Luka every time. But yeah, I, I think Dallas will be a problem in the playoffs. It just depends on if they can get some added pieces to help out Luka and Kyrie, and most importantly, they gotta stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. Um, NBA All-Star voting, guys, is still available. Uh, you'll you get triple votes on New Year's Day. Uh, Friday, January 5th, Friday, January 12th, Monday, January 15th, and uh, the last day will be on Friday, January 19th. So make sure you're getting your NBA votes in, voting for the players, the teams, um, or the the players of the teams that uh, you guys cheer for. Um, Gotta get those votes in. Um, They do play a big factor. We We see it every year in some of the most notable markets like Golden State uh los angeles new york um chicago uh, of you know some of those role players you know kind of getting high votes from fans which um helps every year and also helps with the players too if for income reasons so make sure you get your votes in um but as we get into voting i just want to share just what i've been doing uh, obviously you guys know i'm a minnesota timberwolves fan so I've been voting for the Wolves roster in the West, um, my guards, Conley, Ant. Uh, I've gone with Cat, Gobert, and then I've kind of switched with uh, putting Nas Reed and Jaden McDaniels in every you know every other day because uh, you can vote every single day um, up until um, All-Star break, so make sure you do that. Uh, in the East, I have – I mean, you got to give props to Dame. And the Bucks, Uh, they're uh, the second seed in the East, 23 and 8, 8 and 2 in the last 10. And I mean, Giannis deserves that credit. Obviously, it's his team, but you got to give credit to Dame. I mean, he's been putting up 25 points, around five assists, and rebounds a game um, from your starting point guard in Milwaukee. I have kind of dabbled with putting uh, putting um, Donovan Mitchell in there. I've also thought about. Uh, Players like Jalen Brunson, but uh, I've always came back to Dame. And then also the other guard, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, You know, 21 points, 20 assists, and zero turnovers. Sets a season record for assists in a game. This year goes to uh, the honors of Mr. Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Most impressively, though, that's zero turnovers uh, in that 120-104 to win versus the Bulls. only two players have gotten over 17 assists other than Halliburton, which, we, I mean, you just heard he's gotten 20 uh, in that game. Those other two MVP candidates, Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic, who both got 18. They might have scored more points uh, for their teams, but they, I mean, they're also, you know, I mean, they're MVP candidates. So like, you're not expecting somebody this impressive like Tyrese Halliburton, who you know, dealt with some injuries last year, had a solid season last year for Indiana, but it has has shown that he's, you know, that all-star caliber player this year. Um, The only difference between those other two was Luka had seven turnovers in that uh, 17-assist game, and then Jokic had four. Um, That just shows how impressive that 20-assist, zero-turnover games. You know, I mean, it is against Chicago, so... You know, Chicago's not the best defensive team um, over the year this, you know, the last five, 10 years, but it's still super impressive. Um, and we've seen a lot of, you know, memorable performances this year. This, however, is the exact reason why I'm voting Hallie into the starters in the East of the All-Star game. And then, you know, forwards position, I mean, I think I've said it on previous podcasts, but you got to put Embiid in there. You got to put Tatum, and then you got to put Giannis in there as well. Um, Those three probably are the best three. I mean, for sure, Giannis and Embiid are are top five in in the NBA right now. Tatum, you could, I mean, probably put him in the top 10, top five if you want to, depending on how you feel about Tatum. I think he's a top-five player right now, but um, and it shows by their record. Obviously, they've got a lot of talent on that Boston Celtics team, but he runs that show there in Boston. So last time I'm going to say it uh, for this pod, but make sure you start to vote for your all-stars um, for this up-and-coming all-star in Indiana. Spurs. Spurs had a great win. Uh, we talked about Detroit how they haven't been able to get wins. Spurs have also been in that kind of struggle where, you know, they haven't gotten a lot of wins either, which has been a little tough. Knowing that, you know, you have the number one pick in Wembanyama, who's been pretty solid. I mean, phenomenal um, in his rookie campaign. I just think they need a point guard. Some, I mean, they were running so, Sohan at at point guard for a, the longest time, and clearly it didn't work. Trey Jones. Is a solid point guard, but I don't think he's moving the needle when it comes to scoring the ball. Um, But it it was impressive to see them get this win, uh, which gets them up to five wins on the season against, you know, the second overall pick in Scoot Henderson and the Portland Trailblazers. It it was a fun duel to kind of watch that game yesterday um, in Portland. You know, Scoot started um, for the first time um, in a long, probably since some of the first games because he's been kind of coming off the bench lately uh didn't have his best shooting performance he went eight of 23 from the field uh but he did put up 25 points four assists um did turn the ball over six times and almost fouled out with five fouls for his uh i I mean but the show that Dub victor wimbanyama put on uh game high plus 18 um net uh ported 30 points six boards and assists uh it had you know incredible game protecting the paint with seven blocks which is one short of tying his own record that he set not too long ago with eight blocks uh which is also held by brick lopez of the bucks and also rookie fellow rookie chet holmgren of the thunder um just an impressive performance from Wembenyama. Uh, he's on my fantasy team. He's been absolutely killing it. Just, I mean, when you when you look at Wem and Yama and Chet Holmgren, I know it's going to come down the wire between these two when it comes to uh, the Rookie of the Year award. Chet probably has it in my eyes uh, as of right now, but, I mean, Wem and Yama is knocking on the door, and uh, it it's going to come down to whichever of these two stays healthy going through the long campaign, but... As of now, you know, chet has been playing solid. They also have a winning record there in OKC. I believe they are sitting third in the West, twenty and nine, just three games back, uh, or two and a half games back of the top seed Minnesota Timberwolves, and a game back of Denver, who's been on a six-game win streak. They've been playing a lot better um, as of recently, and um, I believe they're top, yeah, top top three in offense. Um, points per game but behind uh, Indiana and Milwaukee, um, and, and it's shown. And they're also a top-10 defensive team, which kind of surprised me. You know, I didn't see this from OKC. I thought that their size might kind of hamper them, but you no, know, Chet's filled in pretty good at that power forward center position. I just think, you know, coming – we're talking about trades a lot lately, but I think it's going to come down to whether – OKC can go out and get a big man. There's not a ton out there um, that you probably want, but you know we'll get into it on the next podcast just to kind of figure out some other pieces that can kind of fix some of these teams. Not not I shouldn't say fix, but enhance some of these teams that have a real good chance of you know making a deep playoff run. One of those being the OKC Thunder. Uh, We're going to take a short break. When we come back from the break, I'll get into the Rookie Ladder on NBA.com. We'll also get into uh, the NBA Power Rankings, which is also on NBA.com. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Shots Aside podcast. Uh, Looking at the Rookie Ladder on NBA.com, the top five they got on there, Chet Holmgren of the OKC Thunder. Putting up solid numbers for them 17.3 points per game, 7.9 rebounds per game, then adding you 2.7 blocks per game um, for an OKC Thunder team who's been pretty impressive on defense. I mean, net rating or defensive rating 110.9, sixth in the league, also sixth in offensive rating at 118.1, net rating um, of seven plus 7.2, which is third. Um, and also a great pace of 101.6, which is sixth in the league. Um, top 10 in all categories, right there, that I just mentioned. A lot of that has to be uh, attributed to Chet Holmgren, uh, the second overall pick in the 2022 um, draft a year ago. Um, yes, he did sit out last year with an injury. Um, but this year, you know, we've seen why he was a second round pick from OKC. He's shown a lot of flashes on the offensive end, you know, being able to, you know, stretch the floor out from three, um, put the ball in the ground, get to his mid-range uh, jump shot. Uh, and then also getting offensive rebounds um, in the paint and getting easy looks from players like Shea, uh, SGA, um, players like Jalen Williams, uh, Josh Giddey, um, and, and all the young uh, talent they have on their team. Chet's got to be the most impressive. Um, and, and he's shown that this far. And that's why I think, you know, NBA.com did a good job of putting him number one. I believe he deserves to be there right now. He might not have larger numbers than our number two guy, but having a winning record, um, being third in the uh, Western Conference and then number four in the power rankings, which we'll get to after this rookie ladder, it just shows, you know, How impressive he's been for this team, Uh, how much he means to them when it comes to not only offense, you know, putting up 17 points a game, but those 2.7 blocks are big. I mean, we saw last year that they didn't have a ton of bigs. They weren't at, you know, they weren't even close to being top 20 in blocks per game um, or even steals. And it's, it's a big credit to him on the defensive end of the floor to be able to not allow those easy looks uh, in the paint, uh, to not allow players to just sw- have a-, a big man switch off and not being able to um, guard the opposing team's you know, best players because of switches, because of pick and rolls. Um, I think he's done a phenomenal job on that end of the ball. At number two, Victor Wimbenyama of the San Antonio Spurs. Giving San Antonio nice 18.3 points per game, 10.6 rebounds per game, getting you that double double on a nightly basis, uh, it seems like. Uh, and then also 3.2 blocks per game. You know, obviously that's gone up a little bit because of some of the outliers he's had with, you know, his eight blocks per game in, in one game. He just had seven, which we just talked about earlier in the podcast. Um, three, 3.2 blocks per game. Him and Chad have to be you know, two of the most valuable rookies that we've seen in a long time when it comes to defense. Um, I mean, I'm not giving much credit to their offense, but their offense has looked pretty good in spurts. And obviously both those players have some of their deficiencies when it comes to, you know, field goal percentage, uh, quality shots. But we see that all the time with young players. And, uh, you know, the fact that they can get, um, you know, average, you know, in top fives or top five in blocks um in the entire league uh i mean is it's pretty incredible um uh even though you know the spurs are going through kind of a a tough stage with greg pop popovich and that spurs organization only winning um five games to this point i believe they are what second worst in the nba um, behind those Detroit Pistons so not a solid season when it comes to winning but they also don't have the m- most talent on that team I mean you're dealing with Keldon Johnson and, and Devin Vassell which are your probably your top two players you've gotten good minutes out of Zach Collins off the bench um, Branham's kind of had his moments at certain times in the season but uh, and-, and so is Soshan but I mean, you need somebody that's going to fit well with Victor Wembanyama, and we haven't really found that yet um, when it comes to a guard that can kind of facilitate, um, get him more easy-looking meet more easy looking shots. Um, that might have to come next year or possibly in a trade if they want to be a buyer. Um, I don't see it this year, but um, a good start for Victor Wembanyama Has a real good chance of winning Rook of the Year. Same with Chet Holmgren it's probably a two-person race at this point but uh, just to make things uh, sound a little more interesting we'll go through uh, three four and five for you real quick at number three Hame Hakez jr of the Miami Heat um, didn't expect him to have as large of a role as you know maybe people thought coming into his rookie campaign I mean a lot of people thought Nicole Jovich might you know play some starting. Uh, minutes or get more minutes than Hakez. That hasn't been the case. I mean, Jokic um or Jovic, sorry, has uh kind of been in some trade talks recently. Um not sure if that is kind of, you know, smoke in the water or or what. Um but you know, Hakez, you know, after being the 18th pick in the 2023 draft uh this year, has shown kind of why he deserved that deserves minutes i mean he's kind of taking on um, you know that perfect fit that miami always looks for great defender can get you a couple steals a game um and you know fills in nicely next to bam Adebayo, uh jimmy butler um and tyler hero so i see him being a solid player for miami uh going forward uh, number four, Brandon Miller of the Charlotte Hornets, giving you 14.6 points per game, four rebounds as that second overall pick in this last year's in this year's draft. Brandon Miller's been surprising. Um, a lot of people, you know, maybe had him penciled in as that second overall pick. Some people thought he might drop a little lower. Um, I was a big fan of Brandon Miller uh, coming out of college. I thought his versatility at that four position could. Um, make wonders for any team that he's on. Um, And it's shown at at certain points, but there are some games where you kind of don't see him as much. Um, But for the most part, I've liked what I've seen out of him. Uh, Granted, his numbers have probably been a little um, over what I would probably think just because LaMelo's been out a, a ton of games um, you had Miles Bridges come back after his absence. Um, and then ter- Terry Rogier also has, has missed some minutes as well. But, um, you know, he's played pretty well for Charlotte uh, this year. At number five, our last guy, uh, Derek Lively is second uh, for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think a lot of people thought coming into, you know, his collegiate career at Duke that he would be you know, this top player that everybody had him ranked as. We didn't see that, though, at Duke. We didn't see his offensive uh, potential. Obviously, we, t- we saw it on defense with blocks um, and rebounds, which, you know, he's averaging 9.4 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, and then giving you a block and a half a game as that 12th, 12th overall pick. But I don't think anybody saw him coming into Dallas and starting – And being that perfect lob threat for Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Um, And then, I mean, the thing that Dallas needed the most was a big man. And they got that. Um, And then you add in the defensive versatility that he has as a big man. Um, The thing that I look at that can maybe make Derek Lively into being that number two, maybe not number two with Kyrie there, but that definitely that number three option is being able to spread out uh, the court, being able to shoot threes, uh, maybe get a mid-range shot going. Uh, we really haven't seen that in his rookie campaign this year. Um, hopefully, they can work on it. Maybe not this year because you know they're going to be fighting for playoffs, so they kind of need him to just play what he's doing right now. But in the offseason next year, I, I want to see him, you know, get his shot a little bit more dialed in. Uh, maybe next year we see at least like maybe one to two, three, three point attempts, um, per game, kind of like we've seen out of players like, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, Brooke Lopez, who's, um, now become a three point marksman. Um, I guess Vanderbilt wasn't really the best comparison, but definitely Brooke Lopez. Um, you know, even a bam at a bio who takes, you know, a lot of mid range jumpers, um, and has kind of developed that through his career. I want to see that out of Derek Lively the second. I want to see him getting better at shooting um, versus just being that lob threat for Luca. Notables that were kind of left off the list uh, in this rookie ladder. Asar Thompson of the Detroit Pistons. He's giving you 9.5 points per game, 7.6 assists or rebounds, excuse me, as that fifth pick. Um, Probably won't win it just because Detroit's only got two wins and, uh, I feel like winning does matter when it comes to maybe it doesn't matter completely, but it it does play a factor in whether you win some of these awards for sure. Um, Brandon, Brandon Puzimski of the Golden State Warriors um, is definitely making himself known with uh, more playing time as that 19th pick for Golden State. Um, Kind of a wild, He was kind of a wild card coming out of the draft out of Santa Clara most notable guys that came out of Santa Clara. Maybe you know, you've heard of them. Uh, Steve Nash, um, two-time MVP, um, future Hall of Famer. Um, you got players like Jalen Williams, who currently plays for the uh, Thunder, uh, is having a great career. So maybe this is the next Santa Clara prospect uh, to make his, you know, name heard. Um, one of my favorites um, in this draft, this uh, this year was Keontae George of the Utah Jazz. Um, gotta give him a little bit of credit, even though he's missing time, time with injury. I thought he deserves to play play the starting point guard for Utah, even though they're having like a down year. I think his versatility to either score, he's also a bigger, a, a bigger po- point guard um, that can get you rebounds every so often. And also he's averaging five assists per game to go with his 11 points per game as that 16th pick. Um, I thought he's he's been a bright spot for Utah. Um, Kalabali of the Wizards, also playing well as that seventh pick. Um, he was a teammate for, uh, or teammate with Wimbenyama um, before they both uh, went on to the NBA. Um, some other guys, Scoot Henderson, um, a, a tough start uh, to his career as that second overall pick in this year's draft but you know lately he's been kind of you know impressing lately i mean 17 points 11 assists performance in a win against uh the kings looked good on the just this past tuesday um i kind of like the goggles look that he that he's going for that he's kind of known for now not sure if it's like injury purposes or it's you know eyesight thing but uh, it seems to be helping his shooting just just a tad. I mean, obviously, going 8 of 23 this past game wasn't great, but uh, I kind of like the look, uh, and hopefully it kind of sticks with him because uh, if he can kind of get his scoring abilities going, we know what he can bring when it comes to athletic versatility. Um, I think the next step is be becoming a better defender um, and then also becoming a better facilitator, kind of like he just showed uh, last Tuesday against that Kings team. Um, so that's going to be your top five. Some of the notables. I still think it comes down to Chet and and uh, Victor. But, um, you know, as of now, I would probably have, you know, Chet as that number one dog. I do like this list. I think they, you know, it's pretty accurate. Um, you know, maybe you can put Brandon Miller above Hawkes, But, I mean, it's... We're just nitpicking at this point, but honestly, it's a good uh, list. And um, shout out to all those rookies that have uh, have been playing well for their teams this year. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good class. Um, NBA power rankings. Let's get into it. Um, NBA.com, in case you guys want to check out the power rankings that they just had up. Highest jumps this week are Miami, up nine spots. And then you got Memphis, who's up five spots. Uh, there are some teams sliding though in this uh, week's power rankings some of those teams include Indiana which are down they're down five spots um, struggling to finish games uh, especially on the defensive end of the ball uh, Lakers are also down five spots ever since that uh, in-season tournament win or I should say championship uh, they've kind of flustered a little bit trying to get wins um, also health has kind of played a little part in that Vanderbilt's been missing some time he's um, you got Gabe Benson, who I believe is going to be reevaluated, uh, in a couple weeks, two to three weeks, probably sometime in January. Um, D hasn't, I mean, we know what we're getting from D now. Um, he could be a trade chip. You know, we got LeBron and AD who have, you know, sat some games recently. So, um, that's why they have probably slipped a little bit and then you got phoenix who's also down four spots also another you know issue concerning depth on their team and then also you know bradley beal missing time you got you know kd um possibly one and then some of the drama surrounding uh that team um but let's get into the power rankings um number one uh no surprise here uh, Boston Celtics, 120.6 offensive rating, that's third in the NBA, 110.5 defensive rating, that's fifth. And then their net rating is second at 10.1 um, on average win rate. Uh, they're 3-1 and one in this last week, uh, some good wins, quality wins against the Kings and Clippers, uh, while also getting a key win um, on Christmas Day against that struggling Lakers squad uh, their only loss came against the Warriors. Uh, I, I just feel like every single... At least in the in the past two years, ever since they played each other in the finals, I think the Warriors have give them, gave them a little bit of problems. Um, I'm not sure if it's remembering what happened in that finals or um, what it is, but definitely a quality win for the Warriors to get that against Boston. Um, number two... Uh, also, no, no surprise, top teams in the East and West are 1-2 and two, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Solid, solid start for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they're 3-1 and one in the last week. Haven't lost two straight games all season long, uh, which has an opportunity to happen, um, but didn't happen this past game against Dallas. No Luka Doncic. Definitely helped that out. Um, you know a tough game on Tuesday against this last Tuesday against the Thunder kind of the Thunder had an offensive barrage, honestly. I mean, they, they were not missing shots. Um, got to credit their small ball lineup, which kind of threw Minnesota kind of out of, out of, out of whack. And they also dealt with some foul trouble in that game. Uh, their most impressive win came against the heat in which they were, I believe they were down 17 points in the third quarter, ended up coming back, winning that game, um, because of their defense, uh, which is number one in the league uh, when it comes to defensive rating at 107.4. Their net rating plus 6.6 6 on average win pers- win uh, differential, uh, which ranks fourth in the NBA. Um, I think the main thing is they got to get their offense going. Um, sometimes you know there is some concern of consistency um, on that on that side of the ball when it comes to. Not necessarily Mike Conley because I think he's done a phenomenal job getting that offense going, getting people in the right spots. Um, it's more on the quality of shots that you know players, their their stars, honestly, are going through. With you know Anthony Edwards, who came back from that injury, hasn't he's definitely had some games where he's put up high point numbers. It's just the quality of shots sometimes in key situations hasn't really been there. Um, but that's just a nitpick on Ant. I mean, he's been phenomenal this year cat is the other guy. Uh, I think his I mean his shot chart, I mean he can shoot from anywhere. 3 inside, he can post you up, he can do that kind of Dirk fadeaway from the elbow uh/baseline. Um but it's same thing for him. I mean sometimes it seems like, you know, we pass him into the ball and or pass him the ball into the post and I mean just watching some of these games cuz we have season tickets it seems it doesn't seem like you know when we when we need a clutch basket it seems like every time we give him the ball uh you know he's not passing it out um it's gonna be and even if he does it's it's a turnover it seems like uh he's you know he can sometimes be a little selfish when it comes to those moments but um again we're nitpicking with a team that has a great record um that hasn't really done much in the playoffs so um, and then also, I think that the main thing we'll talk about this on the next podcast when we talk about trades. I've mentioned this many times, I know, but I think they need to get another, you know, point guard slash facilitator on that secondary unit to back up Mike Conley. Who that's going to be? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to get somebody like Tyus Jones back on the team. Uh, I've heard his name float around, uh, plays for the Washington Wizards. I think he'd be a good piece in there. A player like Jordan Clarkson who could be on the move. uh, A guy that can give you not only shooting, but has shown these past couple years that uh, he's a great facilitator for that Utah Jazz team. Um, Number three, four and five, got the Nuggets, OKC Thunder, and Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I like all five of these teams at the top. Um, Denver's, I mean, we mentioned it they're up five, spots this week 22 and 10 uh, top 10 in offense and defensive rating um, and then top five in uh, net rating as well their pace is a little slower their bottom i think their bottom three in the league in pace but i mean most of that's because of Jokic. just because they like to get in that half court um, setting and just kind of play bully ball get kickouts find wide open shots uh, create great ball movement kind of like the san antonio spurs did when they had their big three with Tony pa- Parker, Manu Ginobili, and, and Tim Duncan. But um, overall, you know, I can't really criticize this top five um, as of now. Maybe you put Milwaukee in that top five, but honestly, I I don't like what I've seen out of Milwaukee when it comes to defending. Like they've been so good at these, uh, the last like four to five years. They're 20th in defensive rating at 15.4. Um, third best record in the, in the league. That's probably why you would put them in the top five. Um, they have a, a nice winning streak going. I believe it just reached seven before they lost it uh, this week. Um, it, it's just their defensive issues, honestly. I mean, 31 fast break points. Uh, opponents score on them. Um, their last three games, they've been a minus 11. Um So honestly, it, it it does concern me. I mean, you got aging players like Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton, um, and Brooke Lopez, who haven't shown the same kind of defensive versatility as they've shown in years past. Uh, maybe not Dame Lillard, but definitely uh, Middleton and Brooke Lopez. Um, besides Brooke Lopez's blocks per game, um, it, it seems like teams are getting to the rim at ease. Um, finding wide-open shots if they at least pass the ball every so often. But, I mean, this is definitely a team that I I would put in the top five, probably over Philly at this point, even though Embiid's having an MVP season. um, My top five would probably be, you know, Boston, Minnesota. I mean, you can't go against the defending champs. Uh, Probably Denver at number three. And then I would have Milwaukee at four and then OKC at five uh, would be my top five. Um, Looking at some other teams that are kind of rising a little bit up the rankings. um, Maybe not this week, but the Clippers have looked really solid. Um, Kawhi has missed some games now. So I think it was 20 games. The first 20 games he played uh, didn't miss a single game. So that was nice to see. It's I mean, it seems... As soon as we mentioned that, he started to you know take some games off because of injury. So um, that was the big question: Can this t- team stay healthy? We shall see. Um, Sacramento at number eight. Uh, Sacramento's been playing well. I just I have so many concerns when it comes to Sacramento's big guys. Uh, can they protect the paint? Um, you know, can they you know be able to kind of Scatter uh, when it comes to possessions where, you know, it's kickouts because of drive and kicks. I'm not the biggest defender when it comes to Sabonis and um, his defensive uh, prowessness. I I mean, we know what he offers on the offensive end. He gives you ball movement. He gives you some scoring in situations, and he can rebound the ball. But in the Western Conference, you're going to run into those taller teams like you know Denver and LA, both LA teams. Um, Minnesota now. I mean, um, th- I mean the the team that they would probably match up the best with is probably OKC. But then I mean you're just getting in a shooting match uh, between those two teams. Um, Dallas is at number nine. I like what Dallas is doing, but they. I mean also 23rd in defensive rating. So. Um, We mentioned earlier they might need to get some picks or or, uh, trade for some players uh, that can kind of add to their defensive uh, unit while offering up some 3 and D aspects to that squad. Um, Some teams that have dropped, um, I mean, let's let's talk about Los Angeles, the Lakers. Um, Talk about Clippers. They've been risers. these past couple of weeks, I'd say. And then, you know, Los Angeles, the Lakers have kind of done the opposite. Uh, you know, I think right now they, what do they sit? As of now, they're the A seed right now. Yeah, A seed. Um, last 10 games, 4 and 6. Um, net rating of 0.2. Uh, So they are winning, you know, handedly on the games they win. But 17 and 15, you kind of expect a little bit better with a team that has a lot of pieces on this team, whether it's starting or on the bench. I mean, they just moved D'Lo to the bench. I believe Reeves is still coming off the bench as well. Um, I still think they need to maybe, maybe look to put Reeves in that starting unit just to get more offensive firepower. Um, Instead of having a lineup that has, you know, Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt in it, which provides no offense behind LeBron, AD. Um, So it's just been a struggle recently. I'm not I'm not too concerned when it comes to Lakers. Maybe it's biasness. Maybe it's that, you know, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I don't know. Um, I'm just not concerned out of these first 32 games they've played. Yeah. a team that has kind of put, you know, I I had Phoenix and Golden State kind of up there um, when it came to preseason rankings. These two teams are struggling to kind of, you know, make it into that play-in scenario. Phoenix is 10th, Golden State's 11th. They have similar records, 15 and 15 for Phoenix, 15 and 16 for Golden State. But it hasn't looked good for either team. I mean, You have the whole Draymond scenario with Golden State where he's, you know, suspended for the foreseeable future probably until, you know, the start of January, maybe mid-January he comes back. But you kind of have to see where that goes. And then Phoenix. Um, Nobody's questioning their star power. I mean, they have star power to go around with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. It's just if they, those three can come together and actually play some games together uh, with use of note on that starting lineup. And then, I mean, pick out your fifth guy who you want to have in there. I'm not, I'm not sure who, whether it's Grayson Allen, maybe you want to throw out more defense with like Josh Akogi. Um, Kind of depends, but this team's not making any tr- like notable trades before the trade deadline. So, I mean, they got to figure it out and figure it out quickly if they want to be you know, a top team in that West, and let alone just make the playoffs uh, for those these two teams. Um, another team kind of struggling um, as of lately. Uh, we'll go to the Eastern Conference. That Indiana Pacers team, after losing in the in-season tournament, when everybody was, you know, talking them up, saying that you know this is a team that could be a top five team in the East and compete against Milwaukee's the Bostons, the Philadelphia Sixers of uh, the Eastern Conference, we've kind of seen a drop. I mean, they obviously the offense hasn't dropped. They're first in, the, first in offensive rating at 121.9, second in pace at 103.8. It's been their defense. I mean, they can't stop anybody. They're giving up, I mean, their d- defense rating is 121.2, so pretty much similar when it comes to defense and offense, just in opposites, opposite scenarios. Um, I mean, the only team that has a worse defense right now is that Pistons team that we've kind of dogged on this podcast. I mean, they rank last in free throw differential and uh, their loss. To the Magic on Saturday came with their worst differential uh, where they were outscored by 24 points at uh, the or from the line. Um, Huge issue. I mean, they need to find some defense on this team if they want to be a contender, not only in the East, but just a, a contender in general. Um, so look for Indiana to maybe add a piece, um, switch up their lineup a little bit. I mean, I, I personally, I think you can substitute some offense, especially when you have Haliburton out there, just to add in some defense. Maybe you slow down the pace at certain points in the game, Um, probably the second half. Um, but I do like the pace, uh, to kind of get, you know, Halliburton going, get players like buddy healed going, um, and, and some of their shooters along with like miles Turner and whatnot. But, um, Indiana has, I mean, they have some issues on that defensive end and it's going to, unless they solve it, it's going to keep rearing its red rearing its head, um, um, at them. So, um, those are just some of the teams that I wanted to talk about in this uh power rankings. If you haven't checked it out, check it out on NBA.com. Um, we will I'm starting to get some YouTube stuff going. Um, so I apologize for not having one out yet, but it does take a lot of effort doing it all on my own. Um, but I, I should have one coming out soon. Um, we will have some more social media stuff coming out, whether that's on TikTok. Um, Instagram X, um, maybe, you know, posting, um, some early stuff on Facebook as well. If you guys are Facebook, uh, or use Facebook more, um, we might do some stuff on there, but, um, I am looking forward to this next podcast talking about trades. I think a lot of you guys will be interested in it as well, especially if it's, you know, if you're fans of some of these top teams or even the bottom teams of, of getting some, um, young talent or some veteran presence, whether it's getting draft capital for next year, if you're, you know, one of these bottom teams like Detroit, San Antonio, Charlotte, or Washington. Um, I think it's going to be a fun pod and hopefully we can get, uh, Adam and Matt on, uh, they always have some good advice when it comes to players they might think would fit good on, on different teams, um, to maybe, you know, sure up some of these lineups. um, we're also gonna do our second, uh, kind of movie marathon, basketball movies, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're gonna do Coach Carter, uh, coming up soon. So, um, it should be coming out in the new year. I would say the first weekend, um, of the new year is when we're gonna have it come out. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. I know we've got a a lot of good um reviews on that podcast, so. Uh, It seems like you guys like it. So we're going to give you guys more of that as well. But until next time, guys, um, until the next pod comes out on trade uh, speculations, have a good year, guys, and we will talk to you on the next one. Peace out.